2: Hello and welcome to episode number 9 of the Fontaine's podcast Here providing you with your weekly lockdown essentials I'm Kerr, as ever I'll be joined by my two evenly talented bandmates Daz and Jamie And this week we've got a, a rather special guest on the show A man who's shot all the greats From Liam Gallagher to Stormzy He's looked through the fisheye at the UK's biggest music festivals And I'm sure he wouldn't mind saying his top accolade Kicking about with the most dangerous band in rock music The La Fontaine On this episode we'll discuss life through the lens How to get started in the business Travelling all over the world with the La Fontaines And Jamie's illegal weapons We also get a masterclass in media training. So without any further hesitation, sit back, strap in, and prepare for the first and perhaps the only English voice ever to be heard on the podcast. Very special podcast today on the way for all those Patreons out there and those Fontaine fans—you've asked for it. You've been on the boards. You've been asking, "Who can we get in next?" And we've told you. You asked and we delivered. The one and only, the English maestro, the Alan Shearer of the camera world, Woodbridge. Coming,
1: I don't think anyone actually requested that I come on. No, nobody's requested anything.
3: Yeah, I requested you come on.
2: Yeah, we, we want to speak to you. So.
1: Thank you, Jamie. Appreciate it. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad, you know. Enjoying the sunshine in Southend-on-Sea. Having a good time. So, you, are you back down the road at the moment? Yeah, I'm locked down uh, at my parents' place. Just uh, doing a bit of editing work and stuff. Not really getting up to much, but yeah, doing
2: all right. For any it doesn't know, um the person we're talking to is Callum Woodbridge, who is basically for the last two or three years, boys. The first first time first time we met was in 2017.
0: 2017. So like yeah, uh, 11, yeah. years.
2: Yeah. Callum has been um as pivotal part to the La Fontaine's touring as as any of us. He's on the road with us all the time. He, he's the reason that you see us on social media, because quite frankly, um, although the perception is that we're quite good at social media, we fucking hate it. And um, Callum's there to make sure he documents everything that we do. And also he's got the added benefit of being um, sound as fuck and our pal. So it's not like taking one of the are annoying as fuck photography boys about who like, yeah, let's get a picture of you guys uh, side of the stage. If, and if you just and then and then you need to sit in a van with them. Jamie, Jamie, can you hold your drumsticks? Jamie, taking of beer there. Jamie, oh, you're such a wild, wild horse, Jamie. Now you need to sit with select <laughs> <laughs> the Selective, selective yeah. coloring. So it. Uh, um, it
1: just. Oh, you've got some great vibes. You know, it's looking great.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs> and put the great vibes filter on. Um. <laughs> Look, Callum's one of a, our mate that we take the that happens to just be good at video and pictures. So, welcome Callum to the podcast, everybody! A big clap for Callum, the Stephen Gerard of the Callum.
3: Thank, thank you, thank you, everybody.
1: Appreciate it. Good to be
2: here. Um, aye, man. So, fuck. How are you finding the plague, mate? Has it been hard?
1: Yeah, I mean, for someone who makes a living off of shooting gigs, live events, everything that the virus is kind of shat on. So, you know, it's kind of like trying to find a way to kind of get through that situation has been tough. But I mean, as I was saying before, it's, you know, the, trying to get the self-employment fund through. There's like things coming up to kind of help people in the situation. So it's not the end of the world. And I've, I've come back down for... From Glasgow down to Essex uh, to my parents, so I get to see them. The weather's quite nice. Trying to make the most of the situation, I guess.
2: So, have you abandoned your flat in Glasgow then?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was kind of that something was... I realised quite early on. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Callum's always quick on the uptake, as our Callum. He is the. Michael Owen off. <laughs> That's
1: the thing. Way right like, ahead of the curve, you know. The way ahead of the curve with the unemployment. I was, I was predicting it. I was like, yeah. How we going? Is
2: it good? Is it good to be among among your people? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm down safe as well now, Callum. So effectively, this call is half and half, two Scots and mm-hmm. two English thoroughbreds like herself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How are you find in London?
2: Well, so far since I've come down, I've really hit the ground running. I came down the day prior to the plague and uh, I've not left my area. So, and I've just built a, a booth. It's, it's, I don't know if the audio fidelity for the listeners out there is in, in, incredible, but I've effectively built a home within a home now. So I, I now live in the booth, which is always my dream. So it was Prime's dream, now it's my dream. So, uh, can you tell us, Callum, how you got into doing what you do, man? How did you get into filming?
1: Um, just it's, for most of my life, I've just been borrowing cameras from school and stuff when I was a teenager, like using the media suite editing thing to kind of put things together. It started as a way to avoid doing homework. You know, I was offered the opportunity instead of writing out a report to make a, a video about like history or something. And to us, even though looking back on it, it was more effort to put together a video than we ever would have spent on like a little homework thing, it was just kind of, it seemed like a way to kind of just like, not work through working and getting something done. And it's just kind of, I feel like my whole career and life has been an extension of that, just like finding things that I love and like music and festivals and events and finding a way to kind of just do that and get paid for it and try and make a living out of it, which has worked out better than I ever could have imagined. So, yeah. Um, I'm sure I
2: uh, Amara Daz and Jamie's views here when with Southern Realization, <laughs> the uh you are way better than <laughs> I Kevin <gave a> nice- <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a podcast I think that was like the the perfect the perfect answer I was like sending
3: it something like I I will <laughs> <laughs> like you, you take your pictures oh yeah uh, the camera's great yeah uh,
1: okay the one person, the one person that doesn't need to be like in front of a camera, like the guy behind it, and they're um, <laughs> like, giving the media train answer. It's like what a waste of a skill. You know? <laughs>
3: I've got, I've got a question for you, Callum. You said that most of your life you were borrowing cameras for schools. So are you still borrowing cameras for schools?
1: I won't let me in anymore. But uh, you know, if I could, I would. Unfortunately, uh. No, I had to end up buying those things, which is expensive and annoying. Ah, so, you stopped
2: stealing them, is what you're saying?
1: Uh, yeah, just about. Just about.
2: I used to, just as a side note there, I used to work in a youth centre, and as uh, everything that I currently use for audio recording and equipment, I stole from the children. So,
3: Cal, Cal, mind, mind me, you and stole the, the Billington boys' bikes?
1: Oh, yes. I, I remember that well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a great story, actually. If we're going to start with Regaling Tales of Tours.
3: No, just want to talk about what we all stole, what's the best you've ever stole.
1: Is that the most you've ever stolen?
3: Uh, I mem- remember one time I found a wallet at a gig in uh, the Subways, and it had 100 quid in it, and I took 100 quid and handed the wallet back in. Oh, my God. It still haunts me. I still feel bad about it.
2: Everything that I think you represent, you just
3: expose it. I know, no, It's, quite, it's quite, a, quite a revelation. Is it? Religion. Is it I fi- was <laughs> about 15, <laughs> oh, there's no uh, for Well, there's
2: no You were old enough to know what exactly. wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. Could you cross a road? Could you cross a road? <laughs> you wouldn't steal a baby. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> uh, uh, what's the best well, thing you ever stole, <laughs>
3: eh uh, I stole a bike as well Uh
2: I stole two bikes nice. actually and then my bike
3: got stolen <laughs> last year so I'll, I'll
2: yeah, it's kind of like it's
1: kind of like a cycle you know you steal one you get one stolen
3: what like, Alright,
2: <laughs> well, so that story where we stole the, the Bullingdon Boys bike, or Jamie stole the Bullingdon Boys bike. Where was that? Where were we? In, in Oxford? Oxford, aye.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah what, yeah. what gig was that Was that a Don Broco gig? Um,
1: must,
3: uh, must have been,
2: aye. So that the one with the toilets
1: flooded? No, it
3: was, aye, aye, with Don Broco. We had to go back we to go back the same gig. It's when we went back, aye, it was the second time. Oh, also, it, like, uh, it was rescheduled
1: after it was cancelled the first time when people were there. Yeah. So
3: we, we got to play twice. Us and Youngblood. Well, Youngblood didn't do yeah, the last yeah. time, but we played the gig, the same gig twice. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was
2: we were. It was Youngblood on first, uh, playing at Oxford, supporting Don Broco. Then it was us, and just as we came off stage, the toilets had flooded, and and literal gallons of shit were swarming into the the, the venue covering the, the full
3: <laughs> swarming pool,
2: the full crowd and shite. Uh to the point where Don Broco had to come on and say the gig
1: cancelled just lost on stunning and shite. it was it, a near riot, wasn't it? Like I remember people like trying to get past into their dressing rooms, like onto the right. stage and
2: So so the gig we had to reschedule, which was class and we got to play it again. And also shouts to Don Broco who took the opportunity and turned that into merch. Remember they
3: they, they made Oxford T shirts we shite all well, uh, <laughs> actually mean, I mean sure. the see after the first the first one that got cancelled i mind outside and try to sell cds and just having a right good laugh uh, telling everybody thanks for coming to see us and all that
2: yeah yeah i I would say that you were saying don't leave this time after we play there's another band coming on (laughs) maybe we should uh, quickly jump how we met you so i was doing something for Transmit presenting wise, at uh, uh, one of Scotland's top festivals for the uh, all of our UK and um, international fans, um, <laughs> and uh, I was presenting some sort of like backstage thing, interviewing artists, uh, and Callum was behind the camera documenting the, the full uh, ongoings, and instantly, just instantly, there was a connection there that was that was stronger than words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> an instant bond of friendship. And I thought this young Buck's got something, he could quite quite possibly be the David Beckham of Cameron.
1: I remember it all happened quite quickly because like after we met at Transmit then it wasn't long before we were shooting uh the video for a sleep. I don't know what how long it was between meeting you at Transmit and then going on to shoot that video. And then obviously we went on to Venice to shoot the Common Problem video. So, like, that seems like that was all in like the spice of, what, a few months tops?
2: Yeah, because basically when the Common Problem came out, we were in desperate need of uh, a filmographer that we, we could trust, and who was good enough and who would get it. And because I'd been working with you at Transmit, I said to the boys, go, this guy, he's really good, man, we should give him a bash. And then we went and we, the first film the thing we filmed was Asleep in SWG 3, and that went pretty well, didn't yep. it? Especially at that time, because there was, was four years in the band at that time, and uh, it turned up only three showed up to the video, so we had to quickly adapt. And then it was a recurring theme, because uh, we were met, when we were going to Venice, there was meant to be four years going there as well, and only three of us showed up. So, <laughs> The blow up doll with John's mask on it, and us kicking about Venice. Which I mean, it's, we might as well even jump back in just into that story because I remember what a trip that was. And if you've ever been to Venice, or anybody who's ever been to Venice before, it's a really romantic and a tranquil place. So, three Scottish guys and an English cameraman showing up with a blow up doll with a mask on it just looks like fucking 40 days on a stag do. Walking by... Uh, it's,
3: all, it's all couples and...
2: Oh, it's ridiculous jumping on the gondolas with the fucking blow all doll hanging out like some sort of <laughs> lad's dag. It was so embarrassing. Do you,
1: remember, do you remember we were sitting on the floor in, uh, in St. Mark's Square? So we're sitting on the floor in St. Mark's Square like just having a sit and then a the guy kind of comes over from one of these expensive restaurants and goes, like, you, you can't sit here. Like, the, the, like and we're all kind of confused. Like, what's a public place? Like, if it was like George Square in Glasgow, you would sit on the floor, do you know what I mean? Like, there's what's wrong with that? And the guy's just like... You, you like this is just not what happens here in this place. Please, don't
3: you, you, you must respect the Venus. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, you spicy meatballer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that. You know that was that was that was. You're right. That was a great trip, but it was you know it was feeling so out of place as a, as you said, feeling like kind of like a a weird out of place stag do in a place with like of such. Classical architecture and history, and like just disregarding that, and having a good time.
2: There was only like one pub. Where else? Remember we? So we went to Venice. We spent a few days in Venice shooting that video, and then we, we hired a car and we drove up to Lake Lake Garda.
3: Aye, the mm. the Dolomite Mountains. The Dolomite Mountains. And uh, I remember that being a fucking great trip. Um, I remember we were getting up at like to get the right light and stuff. That we need to go up at five in the morning, and then like run across Venice, and then uh, we were always going for a nap, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> in the afternoon, we kept going to sleep. <laughs> Having a little siesta, like, just
2: uh, dozing off. Remember, we were always, we were always fucking destroyed with midgie bites we no, as well. You, you were fine, Calum?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, everyone else just got wrecked by him, for some reason, untouched. Scottish blood.
2: <laughs> but from then, man, uh, Calum's been on many a trick with us. We've done uh, probably our most... Well, we've done two, pretty, fucking out there ones. The first one would have been India, Mumbai, uh, as, a, as a group to play uh, the Bacardi Weekender Festival, which was one of our biggest gigs ever. Callan, what's your fondest memories from our Indian trip?
1: I think when we went off, it was before the, we did that little gig at the Jack Daniels place, I think it was. Uh-huh. and. It, and then we went off... Levi's? In,
3: Levi's. Yeah, yeah, the Levi's
1: lounge. Yeah, that's the one. And it was like, we went off into... The bit of town that it was in was like this kind of super modern building with like skyscrapers and then next to it was just like the slum. You know, there's that total thing in India that you see everywhere, where right? It's just like massive wealth and like the biggest poverty you've ever seen side by side. It was just mental. But so there's all these mad sights and sounds and smells everywhere and we're just looking around for like bits of stuff we could shoot like Jamie got like a mad, like outfit that are like the guy from Aladdin, you know, like the, <laughs> kind of the cliche traditional garb. And then we ended up, we were wandering about, and we found like that mad orphanage. Do you remember that? Aye,
3: aye, aye. Was that an orphanage?
1: I, I think that's what it was. I think we, someone could speak English, there, but it was like a bunch of kids playing cricket and then just like this giant complex. We just kind of walked into like imagine like in this country trying to walk into like a place full of kids people like, <laughs> being, like but because we were like, I'm a, like a just bunch of
3: dressed as an Indian a camera dressed <laughs> <Just> as <an laughs>
1: Stomped in no one was oh, like, oh hey what's up play cricket with us you know like and then that's that like, when we got that mad shot of of Jamie just like clapping with all the kids I just think that was just such a mental remember, like
2: remember the first thing the first thing we done Callum, when we got to India was we went to the Hard Rock Cafe and uh, found out found our song on the jukebox. So we're having fajitas listen to it fucking all gone in the jukebox <laughs> they have
3: <hard> cafe. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: brilliant. Outside uh, the, uh, what was the
3: monument it was outside? The Indian gateway? Get, gateway? Gateway at there, Yeah,
1: yeah, like they're right in the middle of the touristy bit of the town, yeah.
2: How shite was that? It was a pure crap
1: attraction. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's one of those things where like, I always think that with anywhere you go, you've got a, get out and find the things that aren't on the top five, TripAdvisor or whatever, and that's why we made, like, a weird list of things to do and then just Googled things and ended up on that mad, like, rooftop bar as well. Do you remember that?
3: Yeah. Man.
2: Oh, yeah. That was, always need to find a,
1: a good bar for a, for a good old booze and chin work. Uh, <laughs> that I'm, sound bad, doesn't it? Like, we going to all these places it's like, oh, yeah, great pub. Like, oh, yeah. man, Irish pub in Venice, <laughs> banging.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much. Because we, we we went we, we had um we only had two gigs in India we had the the one at the Levi's Lounge you're talking about in in Mumbai and then we went to Pune for the big festival and this festival was like it was like nothing we've ever played that before it was sort of like if it felt as if Disney were to create a festival it would was, is Disney the right word Jen Like the way that the or, it was or the like festival, it, it felt land, like yeah land. I thought it was like yeah. Tomorrowland or something yeah. yeah
1: like Coachella or something.
2: Aye, exactly. There
3: was no roofs no on the stage, no.
2: and it was fucking boiling, and it was just so many people there, and it was amazing. And, uh,
1: but it, it wasn't. It wasn't even just like um, music. It was like stand up comedy. There was that mad like aircraft hangar with people doing like 1980s like British style comedy to like 5,000 Indian people in a in a hangar. Why it's <laughs> like a, wife uh, a
3: small feet
2: so she can stand <laughs> next to the counter to clean? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shout that sounds out.
2: Russian.
3: That sounds <laughs> Russian. Russian
1: <laughs> <laughs> like the crowd just loving it. Like it was like the funniest thing they'd ever heard. Like stand, standing ovation every joke. Just like, oh, amazing. <laughs> 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 proper revolutionary Indian humour is like, like seventies British comedy.
0: Women can multitask anywhere. <laughs> Men don't know what multitasking means, right? <laughs> Men are like driving their car with the hot music, and that's it. Look, one look outside of a hot girl, you crash into somebody. Women are amazing at multitasking, man. They can multitask anywhere at any time. They could be in office, boss comes in, they're doing the Facebook thing. They're like, Facebook, all tab. Hello, sir, how are you? <laughs> nice to meet you. Looking very nice. Good tie. Yeah. Women, check it out, can also, wait for a second, multitask, yes, you heard it, in bed. <laughs> Men have no idea about it, men will have no idea about it because men are too much in. Men are focusing too much on satisfying her while the woman's focusing too much on satisfying her. Um, oh, by the way, by the way, you know the only reason men want to last for more than two minutes? We guys seem like, get it over in 30 seconds. If you've been in a hostel, you know how much you appreciate when a Rumi walks out for five seconds. For a time. So. We guys have
2: been there and be in 10 seconds. Innocent dreams from a devilish thoughts. I don't paint pictures, I connect dots. You want to hear the story, well, I can tell lots. Said she like rap, but never from the Scots. tight. riddle me this, riddle me that, son. Teams up, ready to die, fatal attraction. We don't want to say, call it water in the TV. I developed a thick skin for the shit that you call me. My score front in the circles with the anime. I give get a miss I'm losing energy wants me on that arm like a band for the captain but only show me love when she tag me in a cap wish
1: your wish a favorite place in Europe the big old cow ah Germany I think always comes to mind like just something about that place it just I'm there and I'm like they've they got it sused like I, love, I love like that hamburg it's like a mixture of like Old industry, like really cool, random little bars that you can find. Like the people, the politics of it all is quite exciting and like a mixture of different things. And the, obviously, like the Molotov, like comes to mind. The venue, like the people there are so sound and like always make sure you have a good time, whether you're playing to like ten people or five hundred yeah. people. They treat you the same.
2: Yeah, people or fifteen people.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, that, that yeah, Jeremy definitely comes to mind in terms of, like, I look, I look forward. When I'm like, oh, there's a gig in the Molotov, I'm like, oh, that's exciting. Can't wait for that.
2: That's a bit um, of, Hamburg, That the, the, the Reaper ban. If anybody's ever been to the Reaper ban, it's a... I don't know. It feels like a...
1: A CD like, old-school Vegas, do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, what I you imagine Vegas like, was like in the 50s.
2: Across the street, they're selling, like, guns. And then it's, like, what the... <laughs> The uh, brothels, and then it's the pubs that are open till like fucking eight in the morning, in the clubs, and then uh, it's just a fucking mad, mad place, man. But, but... but it's, also, it's also like quite family-friendly. Like you see people
1: walking about with their kids past yeah. all the sex shops, like yeah. twenty-five year old sex, and the little kids walking past to go to like see the Beatles memorial. It's like such a <laughs> bizarre place. What's
3: it's it like... called? to get the the Pissy Palace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what is the um, the Beatles memorial there? What's that about? Because the Beatles uh, used to have a residency, didn't they?
3: They uh, played in Hamburg for a few months. That's right, I actually did know that. I'm just
2: trying to get somebody to tell uh, the listeners. So well done, Rob. well done for jumping in there. Uh, only got ten minutes well, <laughs> this one left, so after ten minutes we'll jump back on to um, another Zoom and we'll get a bit of a call here. A great time to jump in here with our sponsors of the podcast, which are... Uh, no one, as it, as it stands, no one's sponsored by the <laughs> But uh, feel free to sponsor the podcast by donating your um dollars to the patreon. All proceeds go to us. So I uh, obviously Europe um Germany, your favorite spot How did you find Thailand when we went mate
1: oh, yeah, it's, it's it's mad because we've done so much together in such a small amount of time that you, I almost for a second forgot that we, like, 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 a mad thing like that. I was like, oh, yeah, shit, we went to Thailand as well. Wow. Yeah. Is, is um,
2: there anything that the, that's different when you're shooting in these places from, from from your point of view that you need to take into action?
1: <sighs> you, you kind of, when you go to a new place, you're quite apprehensive. You're sort of like, you don't know how safe it's going to be, what the people are going to be like. Like You hear, especially, like, going to India and stuff, you hear that it's going to be, like, quite deprived in bits, and you're, you're wondering if it's going to be, like, shooting in a deprived bit of the UK or, like, different, but pretty quick after you you get there and you you start doing things you 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 get a lay for the land and sort of figure out what you what you can shoot and what you can't shoot like if you if you can if you could just walk about fully set up all the time and leave a camera on the side or if, if it's more like you've got to kind of choose your moment have a smaller light little camera with you and kind of take point and shoot bits like it's good to just you can only really no matter how much research you do you have to kind of just get there and and figure it out, like with Thailand. Like we went to that. What was that bit in Thailand? when We went to the Hard Rock Hotel. Was it Pattaya, the beach yeah, resort? Yeah. But like, pretty quickly after getting there, it was it was quite obvious that it wasn't a particularly safe place to be. Like <laughs> Daz's chain almost getting yanked off his neck.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you like do you like to tell us that story, Daz? Eh, uh, not really, no. No. <laughs> nice no, one, keep going. Still, still traumatized. Still traumatized. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, but like it, it's it's one of those things where on the surface you think oh it's like a, a party resort town it would be quite safe wherever but then you you have to have your wits about you and figure out what amount of equipment because obviously you're insured and stuff with this kind of equipment but if you if you you get all your stuff nicked and you're in Thailand you're not just going to be able to pop over to the local branch of like you know a camera shop and get it all replaced so you're just going to be stuck out there as a photographer without any camera gear just having a jolly, you know? <laughs>
2: what about things like, um, and, and for for more, again, thinking of the, the old budding film, filmographers that you need to take into account, like, colours and, and uh, lenses and shit like that, they're a bit different when you're shooting abroad. Lighting and, and heat, humidity. Fantastic question, Keir. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, you go go somewhere like India and it's like that low kind of orange, everything's so colourful there. Like, you don't even, you can just point a camera at something it looks amazing because it's like, it makes everyone's faces look good. It like, kind of airbrushes you a bit. Like, everyone looks a bit nicer out there. But then, you know, if you're shooting in like cloudy Scottish weather, everything's much more pale. It it just, yeah, like, but again, you sort of learn these things by experience of the place. Like, if, if someone, like, and even in terms of like lens choices and stuff, it really, like, I don't know, like, I feel like I'm doing one of those, like, masterclass things now that you see advertised. <laughs> like, I don't know, but, like, in terms of general advice for that sort of thing, it just, it it's just the case of, it, it's cliche, but it's not the equipment, it's, like, it's how you use it, like, it's, you know, you could go out, you could go out to shoot a band, like, especially these days, they want people to bring, like, disposable film cameras and, like, little shitty things that you, you get in charity shops, and it's, it's not the big expensive kit that, People respond too well like an audience anymore. They want it to seem more like it's just an extension of the band and like a bit less polished. So yeah, it just it, it comes down to the band that you're working with and you know how you want to portray that, I guess. That's I'm a good bit. Callum. It's Callum, what's the best 40? In existence.
3: <laughs> ah, right. What's your best 40?
1: All, all, that I've, all that I've taken, right, um, uh, so that's a tough question, uh, I could, the best kind of pictures, like, when you, when, with, with live music, it's like, as you get through a tour, as you guys know, but maybe an audience doesn't, if I only come to, like, one show on a tour, it's like, you, you kind of fall into the same patterns every show, like, the pattern's quite similar, like. There'll be a bit where you'll go into the crowd and you know. Sorry to demystify this for the, uh, for the for well, listeners. I think, I you said a bit much
2: there, Carl. <laughs> I've lifted the lid on the industry. You were just asked about what is your favorite photo. There's no need to show them how the magician does the magic.
3: It's fake, it's all a <laughs> lie.
2: The part of the same. I'll have you know that I, I often shout at different cities I'm in every night. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings,
1: Germany <laughs>
3: <laughs> UK <laughs> Make some noise. You got that fans. Fact, you got that was it Oxford you got that
2: rhyme? Yeah, I once played in Oxford and I shouted it out uh make some noise, Bullmouth. And it wasn't I wasn't <laughs> trying to be ironic, I was just that fucking I you know, actually <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 wrong, the wrong thing I remember Fries another sign saying you're in Oxford, you're fucking
1: whack. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, anyway, I sorry, uh, it's what were you Um but yeah like as <laughs> as it goes on and you kinda of learn the moments you can kind of anticipate things and kind of get like you know that like when the crowd's gonna respond the most to certain bits and like
3: yeah
1: which songs play the best and it's like you can that's when you get your best stuff is when you're like the shots of like you jumping in the air or something or like a, a good moment where the crowd's just going nuts and it, it, it is there is like a natural spontaneity to it, but also it's like you are you're learning the set, you're learning how because it, it's the same for you guys in terms of playing it. I imagine like you you learn how, who responds better to what songs and like different things that work and, and don't work. And
2: um, yeah. Callum also, if you've ever seen us play live, um, Callum's the first person you'll see from our, our band on stage when just before set time, because Callum always goes on to, to, to cue the intro. So, how have you found maybe the realization that there'll be no pressing of the intro this year, Callum? How you t- how are you taken
3: that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, because I watch it home. <laughs> I <walk from> <laughs> like DVD players, uh, remotes, like I've, I've found other ways to press play throughout this crisis. <laughs> like
2: the kettle on and off.
1: <laughs> you know what, like I was the, the sad thing was I was like when I was moving my stuff back down here, um it felt like I was loading in for a gig, like taking stuff out of a van and carrying it upstairs. Like I got a bit nostalgic for like yeah. <laughs> carrying stuff up the stairs and like, oh no, oh, don't worry dad, I'll get this, it's fine, like lifting all the heavy boxes, <laughs> pretending like my dad was Paul or something, you
2: know. undercover with people claiming these standards. Blank faces broken down on these stages. Lies are televised. They're heading under
0: For free shipping and 365 day returns.
3: I've really like hurt my back. <laughs> what have you done?
0: I don't
3: know, I can't walk. Can I walk? It's like, uh, see when I s- stood back up off the couch, it's like, so my so all seized up. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's not, it's not good.
2: You've I'm not. not I'm awesome.
3: I'm not being dramatic. It does. just took me about five minutes to walk over to the stairs. <laughs> 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 our first, our first podcast <laughs> podcast injury. <laughs> <laughs> I have been zooming too much. Oh fuck! It's really sore. Really sore.
2: Well, oh, sorry to hear that. But have you got any questions for Callum?
1: <laughs> I've got a question for you guys if if you wanna flip the situation.
2: Wow, wow, yeah, I certainly didn't expect that, Calm. So okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Um so the thing that always I always think about is it's weird for you guys because you've got a guy following you around taking pictures of you all the time. Like on tours and whatever. There's like there's somebody there showing a camera in your face in moments where you might be like tired or like not up for it but you know you've got to kind of trait this content to put out to share with an audience so like I'm just interested to hear like from the other side of it what's it like to just have someone like what's it like having a photographer kind of come away with you when you're doing gigs and stuff like how comfortable are you with it did it take a while to kind of get to grips with it? Uh, I'm absolutely fine
3: For you being there I don't notice for you you didn't see what Kerr was saying about oh, playing festivals and the guy saying, right, if you just stand here and look over there, eh, that's what, when you obviously notice that somebody's taking photos and that, eh, but you're you just sort of, you, you're quite covert about it. That's your, your biggest asset, is that.
2: Like, there's there's plenty of people that are good at filmography and, and pictures, and, and obviously, you're up there man there is there is plenty of people that are that, that are good at that but your, your greatest skill is the fact that and it's very much like being in this band the reason this band's lasted as long because we can all stand each other's company for a long periods of time long drives through europe long flights to i mean being in a band is basically consists of being in a fucking van then being in a fucking venue then being in a fucking hotel and it's you're just together all the time. The thing you do least is the actual performance. And your greatest asset is the fact that you're one, incognito about the photos, and two, you integrate into the band's dynamic, so you you just become part of the gang. It doesn't feel like there's a wee annoying dick taking photos, it just feels like that's what you do to serve a purpose, but you're just, just there as a pal. Like, social media's a necessary evil in this day and age, and people just want Everything like the one behind the scene—that's that's what they, they fucking crave, and we are not really like that naturally as people. So to have found somebody that can give us that without feeling like we're giving away too much, is bang on. Also, you, you you just you can read situations really well, Cal. It's not like you're <laughs> Jamie sitting greeting about I don't know <laughs> fucking like. I usually greet with nerves before the like, gig, like, also. Go through a fucking terrible breakup or like self-in one night or something. You're know, like, not like, great content, guys. Can I just put this on Insta Live? I in for
3: the close-up. Mad- come on, come on. The mad dog filter over my head. Callum. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Jamie. How's the it back? It's getting it's uh, it's getting me, back. I'm sitting on the stairs, which is better than the couch because it's like a hard sort of surface and so try to keep it Thanks. sort of straight.
2: If anyone's listening and any suggestions of what Jamie can do for his back, um, please pass on and dimensions. It would be great to hear. Um, otherwise, we'll have to spend our fifty minutes about his back.
1: Anyway, it's- <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I think the point that you touch on about like invasiveness and stuff with photographers, I think it's the big thing. Like aspiring people, like photographers, photographers videographers, whatever. Like they always kind of they like focus so much on their craft and like getting the perfect shot, getting all the equipment, like the fidelity of their stuff. And you're never going to be the best at it. You're never going to be the best photographer. Like there's always going to be someone coming up behind you, someone better than you from, Don't from like a that skill time.
3: sense. Yeah, the best. <laughs>
1: but, but what differentiates you from other people is your ability to like, it's a social job. Like it's, it's a job about people and about interacting with people and blending in situations, integrating as you say, but like building a rapport with folk and like being able to read situations and if you're so focused on the technical side of things that you don't focus on the social side of the job, then like you're not gonna get booked. You're not gonna get booked by bands to come out with them on tours and stuff. You, you you'll you'll be able to get studio shoots and good jobs and stuff. But like if, if touring and, and that's something you want to get into, it's it's totally like almost sixty percent social 40 percent ability i'd I'd probably rank it like that
2: i mean that's quite quite a good uh, segue to my next point then like i don't imagine your end goal is
1: is what to direct film um not particularly really like i i just want to be able to spend my life like using a camera in some way or another like uh, where that takes me i'm not really 100 percent sure you know especially with this kind of coronavirus situation it throws everything up into the air like in terms of the future of live music and, and how events are going to take place and how uh, someone like me can fit into that whole system. Like I'm aware of how much that's changing. So I'm like, the idea of, you know, aspiring to to like direct film or whatever, I've never sort of seen it that way. I've always just kind of seen it as like, my passion is, is photography and filmmaking. I, I'm, I'm interested in like working with musicians and bands and like, I like big events and festivals and kind of that's kind of an area that I've chosen to kind of go down, but that that's all subject to change. And like, I'm I'm pretty content just sort of staying in the rough area of what I'm doing, but taking it in different directions.
2: Off the bat, though, was touring with a band something that you'd imagine doing,
1: or did, did you just
2: fall into that because you met?
1: I mean, like every fucking photographer, like I watched almost famous when I was like. 13 or whatever and was like "Oh my God, rock and roll yeah you know like and thought that was like the shit but I never actually imagined that would I never like went out and like saw that like think about like we just met because I was filming you at a festival because I knew your manager and I was working with her at the festival and like it wasn't like a planned like seeking seeking you out and being and like thinking oh yeah this is how it will go like we we did the music videos we went to Venice and, and Venice was kind of like a little training tour you know like we spent a lot of time together we travelled about and like we kind of showed that we could work together so it kind of built up in a direction that none of us really planned but it, it just kind of went that way that's true it's very true um Calum
2: what um what advice would
1: you give to any anybody like <laughs> fuckers out
3: there
1: <laughs> um if you want to like uh, it's, I think a lot of a lot of it, yeah, definitely comes back to like learn learn how to understand people as much as you understand photography and filmmaking. Like, it really is that the key to this job is like blagging your way through shit. If you're if you're not lucky enough to have like contacts that you can immediately go to, be it through your family or like people you know, like if if you you know if your dad's not like a hotshot director or whatever, like, and you have to kind of carve it out yourself, then you, you're going to have to do a lot of talking in meetings, a lot of meeting people in bars, a lot of like going out with folk and chatting to people that you might not like normally get along with or like might might not be the kind of folk that you enjoy spending time with or agree with morally or like philosophically or whatever. But your your ability to like integrate and quickly read the room and just fucking like get these work like what it sounds horrible but like get like get what you want to get out of people. Like you you need to see opportunities and you need to kind of pursue those avenues and like yeah,
2: this week to interview with uh, master manipulator <laughs>
1: the secrets behind the bear I don't like any of you guys <laughs> but like you know it's it is but it is it's literally like it's it's just, it's all about psychology and about like like you know it's like mad shit like 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 Tom Cruise talks about writing exactly how much it's going to earn on a piece of paper and then folds up in an envelope and then like positive visualisation and shit, you know, like not in a mystical sense, but in a sense of like knowing what you want out of a situation, reading a room, like knowing how the people that you meet connect to each other and how that connects to like industry. Like that is so much more important than knowing what lens is best to have on your camera. Like that that shit comes, you know, that's that's a YouTube tutorial away from you discovering, like what will set you apart from other people is how you spend that 80% of your time that's not actually with a camera in your hand, filming stuff.
2: I've feel- got feeling that this week on the podcast, there's going to be a lot of people uh, asking for your email address, Callum. So, any questions over there from yourself, Darren? Uh, let's
3: see. I've got a couple. Okay, You've got notes, <laughs> I've got notes. I've got notes. Uh, What is a good TV show you've watched during lockdown that you (laughs) could (laughs) recommend? Taking it away on a
2: lighter note. Had to jump to the notes for that
1: one. (laughs) (laughs) Going from like extreme, like how to manipulate people to like, oh yeah, Tiger King is great. Yeah, you know. But actually, I, I watched a bit of that money heist that you recommended.
3: Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
1: Brilliant, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: yeah. I would definitely recommend that, like, to any any listeners looking for some content to binge during the lockdown. Money heist. Callum,
2: Callum approved. Callum approved. C,
1: CW approved. Uh, did you watch
2: Normal People? Count.
1: Not yet. I've heard like everyone talking about it, but is it is it worth a watch? That's really good, man. I would say that. Hi. My pick so it's far.
3: Approved by all three of us.
1: Yeah. So. Wow. Universally
3: renowned.
2: I'm going to watch uh, the Martian tonight. I've seen that before, but and, and then I'm going to watch Arrival, with a, a bit of a space night. So, space night. night? Uh, just just in light of the recent documents that came out from the, the Pentagon uh, regarding the UFOs, so uh, the, got uh, a bit inspired there. The guy for Blink One Eight Two. Aye, aye. <laughs> what are you having on the podcast? Come along.
1: Um, along. <laughs> If you've enjoyed The Martian, um, I'd recommend the audiobook. Like it's, it's it, it, the way it's written and read out, it's kind of like the guy's diary, who's like stuck on Mars. Um, he's kind of like, the way the way the, the book goes into a lot more detail than the film and just listening to like this guy like solve problems for like seven hours is quite therapeutic. Like the whole, the whole book is like, how do I figure out how to survive here? And then it like, it cuts between that and Earth, kind of like the film, but I thought the audiobook was like, best way to kind of absorb that? Um, uh,
2: another podcast I'd recommend, the only other podcast to listen to other than the uh, Fontaine's podcast is one called The Habitat, which is they they do a kind of, uh, I think it's like the Hawaiian experiment, they basically take people, put them in a dome, in this dormant volcano for a year, and see how they would, how they could live, like just living in this dome for a year, because that's how long it would need to be if they're in Mars or something like that. So. Uh, just another wee
3: podcast shout there as well. Was it sure. like a, a
2: real one? Like a? Ah, I was a real one, a real one, I? Right. Shout sure them cool. out. I'm sure they'll shout us out in their next episode as well. So, uh, you scratch my back, we'll scratch yours. Have about that? <laughs> uh, so, Jamie, what
3: was the great question you had for Cal? that you were dying to ask? Uh, I was just thinking, uh, Cal, we've been into hundreds of pubs and we've been into hundreds of second-hand clothes shops but the, the thing I think about you most is you're dancing. Ah, uh, uh,
1: yeah.
3: And I was wondering where you learned to dance.
1: <laughs> um, it, it's it's biological, it comes from my dad. My dad is also, uh, I don't know what the word is about my dad. How do you describe my dancing? Like what What's the word for it? Um, flamboyantly
2: tremendous. Like, Will turn every head in the room, and also will also make the hardest of men smile. Because I remember when we done there was one. We were Where were we? We were in one of the worst places on earth. Um, oh Hull! Hull. It, was that when we were in Hull. Hull? Yeah. I think it was Hull. I think it could have been Hull. One of the worst places there's ever been created. Hull. Uh, just also to shout out other bad places: Doncaster. Hull and Doncaster can take S- themselves. Scun- Scunthorpe, Scunthorpe's up there. Delete themselves. Yeah. Uh, a lot of nice fans there, by the way. They're also they're very generous. They always buy a lot of merch, but in terms of living there, I couldn't think of anything fucking worse on Earth. So uh, Hull, uh, we were in, and uh, I remember going to a pub at like fucking half twelve at night. And I've got a really good spidey sense, which stems from being uh, younger and getting battered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and fucking calm went and and I was just like, ah, I don't think this is the place for him to dance tonight. So I was kind of, I almost kind of sobered up, thinking, need to watch what happens here in case we need to somehow round every every person that we've got in our tour and party up and try and run away, run, run away. How fast can run, and. Uh, he went in at this pub and it was all the birds started looking at him because it's like, oh, there's a sky dancing. So then that annoys the guys who fucking birds is. And really quickly, they just turned that frown upside down and <laughs> started laughing and like dancing with him and all that. And I just think that's an amazing skill we have to be able to dance the aggression right so I can't
1: count the amount of times that dancing has got me out of fights, out of like bad situations, like in on night out and stuff, <laughs> like you can immediately diffuse a room. If you just make yourself look like the biggest fool in the room, like who doesn't give a fuck, like, it immediately kind of levels it and everyone's just sort of like, oh, alright then that's cool. You know, like it's it that I think the more apprehensive you are in those kind of situations, like people that puts people on edge and it's, you know, it's kind I don't know, maybe it's like it's it's coming from somewhere like Essex, which in a way like where I grew up is kind of like a hyper masculine sort of place. Like you wouldn't get a lot of guys like dancing in the pubs here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh my I oh, fuck it, love Bruno Mars. Like no, didn't really didn't really didn't really happen that often. But um but like but like coming from that, like it's maybe it's just like a reaction to that, I don't know. But like it's um it's good fun. Like I wonder how many like if, if you've seen like a guy in sleazy's in the basement dancing on a Saturday night, like on a table somewhere, that was probably me. And uh, it's tremendous. We'll
3: need to try and get some live y- food. The one, the one that comes to my head is uh, playing in a wee, We played in that wee club in Paris the last time, and then uh, the gig finished. It turned into a like a club night. And I was I was standing on the stairs up the back, but then it was as if like you just appeared on the stage with this uh, like what's that called like leopard print shirt on, like with one hand up there like uh, Freddie Mercury or something like that. And then <laughs> it was, like, it was as if it was a choreographed or whatever something. It was really funny with the disco ball and
1: uh, I mean just standing and watching you, really enjoying. Oh, that was a great night. You. That was, that was a great night, yeah. That was good fun. Remember
2: that. <laughs> so man, what else has been happening, mate? That you um how are you keeping yourself busy?
1: Um just a lot of I mean I've been editing a few projects and stuff for folk like releasing videos during lockdown like so I got people sending me clips from them performing bits in their house and then I'm mm. using stock footage and stuff like that as well to kind of mix in so I've been doing that's been kind of keeping me busy um just uh, having a bit of having a bit of structure to things like been a bit of gardening you know like things I've not really done before and getting up at the same time every day you know and trying to sort of keep things thing? yeah. Things that like I've never had the time to really do before as an adult, like because you've been working and stuff and you've been busy. Like now it's like I have time to like figure out how to sort out like a garden and plant things and pull up weeds and make it all look good. So like it's weird. It's I never thought this would ever happen. Like like, now, that one does.
3: It's good, isn't it? In the garden.
1: Yeah, it's it's like you put your headphones (laughs) in. You just like it's like a nice day it's just quite relaxing just to sit there and with your thoughts and just not really you're not busy you're not like having to rush off somewhere like it's it's nice i've got a woman delivering me some bricks shortly
3: through the windy Just for the fire (laughs) this is for my fire pit. i i gave a woman about 40 bricks uh about two months ago and then then i found some bricks no i knew it (laughs) then uh, there's a woman that a lot we've at the food bank, and she's got some bricks, so she's throwing ice some bricks through the window. For us shortly, to finish my fire pit. Wish the wish your brick
1: exchange is
2: a. Good <laughs> this is a, as a last question, here, calm, and for our, our uh, podcast listeners out there, uh, obviously we, we just released a um, lockdown, the lockdown lady music video, um, in isolation. Uh, I hope you're all enjoying it. I'd just like to get a pro's opinion on it, considering it was all filmed by ourselves and edited by me. Um, just wondering, <laughs> just wondering um, what you thought
3: <laughs> <laughs> Um
1: Yeah, so oh, like...
2: Cool. Sounds good. Sounds like you really enjoyed it. Yes, M. Em was his first response.
1: fucking brilliant but like I was more thinking from the sense of like it's it's amazing how um like I I really love your tenacity as a band like even like a situation like this like you're pulling shit together and like editing it yourself and stuff you know it's like so many bands like crave that authenticity like that word that the buzzword that you hear in like fucking label reps say oh yeah authentic man you know but like it's try so hard to synthesize it but you guys are just like like fuck it like the mad bit with um Jamie with the mad, like, like dagger thing on his hand. Like, with the with the the, 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 cod, the cod liver and orange juice vinyls thing or whatever it is, like, in front of you, like, out of focus. I'm like, that's just so, like, accurately who you are. <laughs> like <laughs> do you know what I mean? So many, so many, like, you know, you can imagine, like, conversations in, like, Universal and stuff. They're trying to break the next, like, homegrown natural act. And they'll be, like, building a set of that and trying to make it look real. But, like... It's by. It's almost like just not even without trying, you just come across that way, and that's why like people respond so well to it. Like look at all the comments on that and stuff, and people are so like, like loving it. It's because it's just like. Oh, he sent me. You the See, uh, uh, that was
0: like, <laughs> that's F- <laughs> one of them he sent me. So obviously, try to get Jamie. I mean, look
2: right now in this call. Look how shite his, his phone screen is. It looks like he's in a sauna or something. It's fucking terrible. So he's told <laughs> He felt he used to film that obviously stuff and send me over, but he filmed it all in like slow motion as well. So like, <laughs> to right, I was like, I need you singing singing sync to, for the chorus. He filmed it all in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> Just him fucking about with that man batarang thing that he's got. <laughs> 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 Throwing it off walls right? what, is it,
3: what is that thing, uh, <laughs> I don't know, but it's it's definitely illegal. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. uh, 'Cause that when that woman stayed in my house, the taxi driver. Well, it was one of her hangs and it's it's still here but it's like so anytime I pick it up I feel like I feel dodgy with it. Like I've got to hurt myself or hurt somebody with it. Yep. Yeah, it's not it's not a nice presence term. <laughs>
2: We'll, uh, we'll put a picture it right up with this podcast to make sure we I mean, knows what we're talking about, but it's basically this sort of, like, ninja star thing. He's got looks like something brown man with him on his utility
3: belt. It's just fucking... <laughs> fucking no, crazy. it's... it's uh, you know, it. Do you know what she used it for? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's like an ornament. It's like a mad gothy ornament. Right, right. Why did she have it on her possession? Like,
2: why Why would she... <laughs> 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 no more metal.
3: Understand? Right.
1: That's
3: horrific, isn't it? I don't even would, understand. That would. Uh, Why is it so sharp? I don't know, but it's, I don't even like touching it. It's dead. Like <laughs> it's like. Do you know what I mean? It would definitely do some. It? Oh, kill definitely me. kill. Uh, aye. <laughs> aye. I wish it wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you can't get rid of it, it's like it's too, you know I mean, it's like it's too nice to just kind of chuck out, but... I know, I've got, uh, there's another, there's a brick, my friend in I saying these bricks, so have got this other brick, it's, uh,
3: you know how that guy, uh, Alistair Crowley, mm-hmm. like a famous uh, Satanist, like uh, magic guy. Oh, all right, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he stayed at this two certain Inverness, um, near Loch Ness, called Bolskine Manor. And this uh, taxi driver, know bongo went up and he took a brick off the house, and he said he had it in his house, and like it could feel like this big dog panting next to him when he was sleeping. Obviously, wasn't But it, like he gets spooked up with this brick, he brought it up to me, thinking that I'd be into it. He says because I'm into funky shit like that. What's a know. I can like bricks <laughs> today. <or> <laughs> And he he's, he's left it at my door, but I've I've not touched it, eh, cause I'm I'm kind of afraid of the brick now as well. Well, if any if any of the patrons would like the brick, we can Jamie post you a brick. Get it off his hand. No, I don't want to touch it. You need to pick up only. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're gonna sign. you gonna sign it, or just like leave it as it is.
3: No, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to touch it. There's a couple of times that somebody said to like leave my key the deed out, out of my house or whatever. And I've told them to leave the key but left it under the brick. That's the only times I've had to touch it but like, I try and do it with like a t-shirt so I'm not oh, touching course. it. There's no way the ghost
2: could, could get through the t-shirt. Ghost Good thinking? <laughs> but, i mean, I'm a... I'll tell you what, there's not nothing <laughs> on you mate. There's, as we all know, ghosts can't get through the t-shirt. It's like
3: a mad devil brick. I don't. I don't like it.
2: I think we'll round off, but again, before we do it, I would just like to I'd like to thank Callum for coming on the podcast. It's very nice to see him. Can we say thank you, Callum? Thank, you,
3: Callum. Three. One, two, three. thank you. Thank Callum. you, Callum.
2: There we go. Thank uh, you for having me on, boys. I on appreciate it. My pleasure. And um Callum was probably uh wanting me to, to make sure everybody was reminded that the you can sign up for the Patreon. And uh, donate anything you've you've got there, <laughs> literally anything at all to keep us going. And um that would that would be
1: delicious, delicious. Absolutely, I mean contribute to my future wages. That's kind yes, of nice. exactly. If
2: they want to, to be a band, we need we need, uh, all your money. So please keep donating. It's been lovely, <laughs> and. Uh, we can keep doing this, keep talking to our friends and providing you with excellent content. And if you think about it, effectively, Callum's give you a masterclass here in filmography. So um, it's worth a few quid. Uh, I think you'll agree. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> Laugh on Make sure you check out the lady video. Make sure you check out Callum. Callum, would you like to give a wee shout out for any of your socials? Uh,
1: get me on Instagram at Callum Woodbridge. Oh, I hate that. I feel like a, like
2: an infl- evil. <laughs> what I like about that is that Callum didn't want to do that, so that's good. That's why he's in our gang, because self-promotion sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, on that note, check out the podcast. Check out the new video, lady, <laughs> <Maybe. laughs> And, uh, and uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, cheers for talking to us, man. And I'll no uh, catch you, mate. It was class, man. Gorgeous. Nice time, Callum.
3: See ya. Love you. See
1: you, boys. Bye, Bye. Bye for now.
3: It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. Footballs coming home. It's coming.